afternoon, Regeneration Nashville. As the psalmist David declared, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we at Regeneration Nashville are so glad that you've all chosen to join us here on this beautiful day in Nashville to worship the Lord together. You are family. We love you. And we know that God is going to move in a powerful and a mighty way in today's service. And we also want to take a minute and welcome all of our online members and guests all over the world who are tuning in to watch this service and, and be part of this service. Even though you can't physically be here, we want you to know that you too are part of the Regeneration Nashville family. We love you. We, we, we know that God is going to touch you. His arm is not too short to reach out to you all over the world and do a miracle in your life today through this service. So why don't we honor the Lord together and, and stand together as we go to him in prayer. Father God, we are in awe of who you are. Lord, we are just amazed that we can come into your presence, that Jesus, because of what you did on that cross at Calvary, when you shed your blood and then you rose from that grave, that you ripped that veil, and that we can come into this house today with, with whatever is going on in our lives, no matter what we're walking through, you have cleansed that with your blood, oh God, and we can come in unashamed, and we can come into the holy of holies, into this house right now. So we say, Lord, have your way in this house today. Have your way in this service. We pray that your fire would come down, because your word says our Lord is a consuming fire, oh God. Come down and fall with your Shekinah glory in this house today from the front to the back and the left to the right, oh God, to have your way, oh God. Change us in your presence, oh God. Lord, we know whenever we're in your presence, but we don't come out of it the same because you change us from glory to glory and image to image, oh Lord. So God, we just pray for the worship team today, oh God. We pray that you would just anoint their songs and the worship that they lift to you, that they wouldn't just be beautiful in our ears, O oh Lord, but they would be anointing and they would go out, not only into this house, O oh God, but they would go out all over the world, O oh God, to break yokes, O oh God, for bondage and to set freedom into the, into the earth in your name and for your glory. And we thank you for the word of God that you've put on Pastor Kent's heart today. Lord, we know that it's going to be fresh manna. We know that it's going to, going to rise up in our spirits, oh God. You are preparing us for things that are happening in the earth. You are shaking everything that can be shaken, oh God. So Lord, we're so excited to hear what you're going to speak through him today, oh God. Lord, you're going to call us to into action, oh God. Call us to step into your plans and your purposes, oh God, for your glory, oh God, because your word says that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. And Lord, we know that you're going to do this even now today. So let it be done in your name we pray. Amen. Come on and give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Do you see
Just say, Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Thank you, Lord, that you hold us in the palm of your hand. We bless you, Jesus. Will you be my light when I cannot see? When I can't take another step, Lord, would you carry me? When I love
Put your hands together for Jesus if you believe it today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, we say everything that you have in store. Do it now. Bring revival.
take communion here, not out of ritual, but because we know the power of life. You know, that song says, or ask about, or said something, I can't remember now, I got lost in it all, but I know it said hungry at some point. How many's hungry today? How many knows that there's bread that can satisfy like no other bread? Isaiah said he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are made whole. How many believe we can have everything that we just sung about? And Jesus 
give us the way there through his body that was broken for us. So I'm going to ask you to take that bread. My goodness. My goodness. Oh, Lord, we lift this bread. We declare what you have done, what you have finished, what you went through. Today, we receive all, all that you paid the price for us. So we bless this bread and receive it in the high holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive that bread. Oh, just receive your healing right now. I said, just receive your healing right now. He was broken so you could be made whole. Receive your healing right now. Spirit, soul, and body in the name of Jesus. Now, open, now open the juice. Mm. There's, there's another level happening in here. Now his body, the bread, took care of all the physical needs. How many is glad right now that we can lift this cup? Emblematic of the blood, the blood that washes, cleanses, takes away. And I want to declare what John saw in the book of Revelation. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto death Jesus we receive this we receive this in type and in symbol and Lord we thank you for your blood that causes us to overcome and in Jesus name we receive it today receive it can we lift our voice one more time and thank him now for the finished work of the cross, the finished work of the grave, the finished work of the resurrection in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. Wow. I, I, I love that we sang in the worship song that talked about the Lord is stirring the atmosphere. And I feel like ever since hell. Yesterday at prayer, I just, God is stirring, stirring the atmosphere. There's something unusual in the house today. I, uh, I was praying this week, and, and usually the Lord will speak to me in just, just an evening of prayer, but he just began to stir this in my spirit this week, and so I just wanted to, I wanted to share it with you. You can, you can be seated. I could, uh, I always ask the God, I, I say, speak to me in ways that I can understand, and, and he's faithful, and he will. And I could see like a great canyon. And it, it was like I was approaching a drop off at the edge of this canyon. And um, I've dwelt on this one side of the canyon my whole life. And I know that I'm about to quickly cross this great divide to the other side. But it's like a dense fog separates the two sides. And we have just caught glimpses of what, of what is to come. And I, I cannot imagine the land that we are going into. 
I feel like, you know, uh, the Bible talks about the tares and the wheat. And it says, uh, I'm the wheat, but I've always known life among the tares. And, and God says this is, you know, a place that we're going to where the enemy that has pursued us can't cross over. And, and myself, like so many of you, have had the enemy pursue us our whole lives. And, and what is life like without it? And, and God is coming back for a glorious church. But, you know, the church that we've dwelt in the church that we've looked around and seen, you know, as good as it's been, it hasn't been a glorious church that Christ is coming back for. And so it, what is that like? And, and I, truthfully, I can't, I can't imagine it. Um, it says the land that God has for us exceeds what we think or ask. Pastor Ken has talked about that, that we're moving into a land where, where God is removing the accuser of the brethren, where it's the days of heaven on earth, where, where we don't have time to have a weapon in one hand and, and a tool in the other, but God is, is removing the enemy so that we can just get the work of the Lord done. And it's a, the days of heaven on earth, but truthfully, what is, what is that like? And I begin to think of the Israelites in bondage to the Egyptians 400 years. And if one was to tell them while they were still in bondage of the land of milk and honey that they would inhabit, could they have imagined it? They would have no reference point for that. And I feel this so strongly that so many of us have had talents and giftings and dreams that have just been disappointments to us. They have never bore fruit or it's like there was a ceiling on them that we could never get past. God made those giftings and those desires to operate for what he is doing now. They were never meant for this old system. They were incompatible with that system, but God meant them for what we are crossing over into. I feel like so many of us have asked, where do we fit? Where do we belong? Where do the things God has put inside us, when do they come forth? Why is it working now? I don't understand. And it's all for what God is doing now. He redeems the dreams and the desires. He brings contentment and fulfillment. He redeems the years. He will do it in a way that we won't remember the bad years. We won't remember the waiting this church is so unusual. Uh, I've heard member after member say they have left dream jobs, dream homes, children and grandchildren to be in this church. And I believe that if God had made you content where you were at, then you would not have left those things to come to what God is doing, that you would not have heeded the call, that it was truly a mercy that God has done it the way that he was do doing it. So you would heed the call and God is doing away with this system. And he, he's killing the system that we have walked in. And we are walking into a new system. And God could not have given you the contentment and the fulfillment in this old system. Because you would not have made it into the new, into the new thing that God is doing. And it's like Lot's son-in-laws who would not leave Sodom when God poured out judgment on it. They were surrounded by wickedness. But they were content there. 
when Lot tried to get them to flee with him because of the destruction coming to the city, they thought it was a joke. And then God brought to my mind the 12 young virgins. And, and six of those women had, had met the requirements. They had passed the test. They were, they were ready. And, and, and yet they did not endure to receive the reward. And Hebrews 10.36 says, For you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what he has promised. And many of us have done God's will, but we have not yet received what God has promised us. We have met the requirements. We have gone through the valley, yet we still wait. Uh, and I just want to warn you in this season, it's so easy to become offended at God and say, God, I, I, I passed the test. God, I met the requirements. God, I, I did what you asked me to do. God, I moved across the country and I joined this, this church. But God is saying, don't be offended, but endure because your reward is coming. It is almost here. Do not let the enemy come in with offense and steal what he has for you. And, and I say what I'm about to say with all due respect. I know some of you are getting, getting up in years. And, and there's that thought in your mind, is God really, really able? And I'm here to tell you that God can redeem the years. Amen. God can redeem the dreams that have died. God had to bury some of your dreams and some of your talents so they could rise in this new season, so they could be a part of what God is doing. He was planting them. It was an act of mercy because if God had let them bear fruit in the season that we are in now, it would have choked them out. They are not compatible. And I just want to say Please view all that God is doing through his character because God is so compassionate and he's so loving and he's so kind and God has placed the things that he has placed in you for a reason and God will use the fullness of them but they are for the season that we are moving into not the season that we have left and it is an act of mercy of God that he has waited to use them for what we are crossing over into. Amen. 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 I tell you, I hear the bridegroom coming down the hall. And I'm going to have oil in my lamp. I hear that the death angel approaching. And I'm going to put the blood on the doorpost. I hear the invitation being given to the banquet. And I say, Lord, I hear. I listen, Lord. And I graciously accept. Amen. Our best days are ahead. Your best days are ahead. God is able. Amen. Let's just uh, say our offering declaration together. If you want to stand to your feet. Because I'm a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me. And God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. 
<laughs> How's everybody doing? Yes. Oh, okay. They want to show you something. Hold on just one sec, okay? not ever be known again for what I'm creating says the Lord is the clear pathway it is a highway that has no hindrances and no inhibitance says God Thank you. God's so good. He's so good. Has anybody told you they love you yet today? Because I do. I love you a lot. And I just love the Lord for his faithfulness. This morning I was just, I was just talking to him. And I just laughed out loud. I said, I told him, I said, your steadfast love, it never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. He blesses us so much. And then he lets us walk together and he lets us be a family. And I just love that. I really do. Amen. Prayer meeting yesterday was amazing. Thank you for coming yesterday and sharing in that. Many of you have probably seen Pastor Kent's word. Uh, man, I'm wrecked. That video just wrecked me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to show you this before we move on. Um, Pastor Kent was talking about a Charles Capps book the other day. And Nancy uh, Alcorn of Mercy Multiplied bought a thousand of these for you. And so, 
We're going to hand them out free to you in the lobby. The ushers and the uh, greeters will all be in the lobby with these. And I want you to take this because how many of you know that God's word, when God speaks, he creates. And he's still creating with what he's already spoken. And so this is God's creative power for healing. Uh, the Charles Capps uh, book that Pastor Kent referred to is The Tongue of Creative Force, I believe. And it is a powerful book, and I want you to get that book because it revolutionized his life and my life. And so, uh, but I want you to have this free of charge today, and I'm, I'm fixing to make all my staff nervous, okay? But if you're online and you want one of these... They're, they're down here praying. <laughs> I'm going to send you this at my cost, okay, at our cost right here until they're gone because I want everybody to have, have this book. And so if, if we give them out, then they're all gone. So hurry up and, and email me. But, um, but I want you to have this. It's, it's that important. So Houston, if you will. So I had the most wonderful thing happen to me this morning. I want to share it with you. Uh, I don't know if I'll get around to talking about where you're from. I'm just, I'm, God is just moving and I'm just going to talk to you. But uh, this morning, I went on my prayer walk. I walk on an old country road and I just love the presence of the Lord that I feel on that road. And he and I have had some great talks on that road. And so this morning, I was walking down this road and talking and to the Lord and we were just fellowshipping and I got almost done with my prayer time. I'd already turned around and come back towards the house. And I came up on this mare, this painted mare. And she was lying on the ground and she wasn't moving. And I thought she was dead. And I stopped and I was really still to see if she was breathing. I've seen her day after day month after month. She's a beautiful, beautiful animal. And so she was lying there on the grass and I, and I stopped and I went to the fence to see if she was breathing. And she was in foal. She was giving birth. And about that time, she turned and looked at me and our eyes met. And she, she's lying there giving birth. And in my prayer time this morning, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, I want you to speak to the people that can just barely make it till they get to church. See, see, we're feeling the presence of the Lord and we're excited about the building and God's moving and miracles are taking place. But the, the Lord said, there are some that are hurting so badly that they can hardly wait to get to church, to feel the presence of God and get some relief. And he said, those are the people I want you to speak to today and tell them this, that what you're going through is not death, but it's birthing. You're birthing. And if you'll hold on, if you'll hold on, the greatest thing that has ever happened in your life will come out of this pain, will come out of this time. God's hand is in your life and His Spirit is moving upon you. Now, I want to show you, I want to show you what came out of this little experience I had. Where's that? Life out of death. 
Isn't that beautiful? So I want to I, I wanna sing a little song. I don't sing too often, but it's a fun little song, and I sing it in prayer. So, so I've resurrected it because I sing it in prayer to the Lord. And I want to teach it to you so that you can sing it to the Lord. Um, this is my private stash. I don't, I don't give everybody my private stash always, but this is my private stuff. So, Jasmine, where's Jasmine? Where's Howard Ground? Come here, Howard Ground. Y'all ready to have fun? Y'all want to have fun? You want to stand up? Let's, so, this is a fun song. Terry Huffman. Come here, Terry. I need some mics for some friends. So, this is, this is my, my private stash. You ready? All right, here we go. You got it, Burton? to sing. I love you, I love you, I love you. Y'all come on over here. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. With all of my heart. All right, let's sing it again now that you know it. I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you. I'll go, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll follow you all the way. Come on, we're going to sing that again. I'll do it. Come on, I'll do. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go, Lord. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll follow you all the way. Now, come on. I love you. I love you. Here we go. I love you. you to get out of your seat and I want you to just start singing this to people and tell them that you love them. I know it's complicated. It's hard, but we're going to do this thing. Okay. You ready? I love you. 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 Come on. Tell somebody. I love you. I love you. I love you with all of my Jasmine. I love you, I love you, I love you. Hey. I love you, I 
me. I love you. I love you. Yeah. That was awesome, God. Amen. You ain't going to find any better church than that right there. I'm not even sure you can call that church. You might just call that heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, after last Sunday, I wasn't sure y'all come back. <laughs> but thank you for giving me another chance. And uh, we'll try to redeem ourselves today. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I got to see that little video clip this morning, and it made me cry then, made me cry now. Um, <clears throat> and we want to say thank you. We have uh, our team with us today, Rain, uh, Dave, Sean, and Tony, and they have done such a marvelous job in putting this together, and they're working with us in our design and advertising and all of that. And so um, it's just exciting to be able to touch what we have been declaring, isn't it? <clears throat> amen, amen. Um, I have been wanting for a month to, to preach on this, and every Sunday God would check me and say, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then uh, this week I began to feel the Lord say, today is the day. Um, I have not preached on this subject, I was saying at least 10 years. And as a pastor, that would be very unusual because I'm going to preach on giving. Um, but I need to qualify my message today. First of all, um, this is not a fundraiser message. Uh, this is not a capital gains message. Um, and this is not to get you to pay tithes. And this is not uh, a reprimand. This message is going to be an encouragement to you. It is a message to people who are already giving that I believe that God wants to give you understanding of what the Lord is getting ready to do in this hour for God's people. Um, I, I don't know how to sum it up, but just say it's already done. When I, you know, I, we, need, we need $13 million for the building, and I just keep hearing God say it's already done. I already did it. I already did it. It's already done. And so, we don't have to expend our energy on, on trying to come up with $13 million. And, yeah, and as time goes on, we're going to need more than that for other buildings that God is going to give us uh, for youth facilities and gymnasiums. And my God, there's no telling what the Lord's getting ready to do. And you and I get to be a part of this, and we're on the ground floor of it. So, I, I want to encourage you today um, to, to let the Lord strengthen you by, by what we have. And so, we're going to uh, take our text, obviously, out of the book of Malachi. This is um, a great chapter. Um, it is, of course, it's the chapter that everybody uses to teach on tithing, but I'm going to teach it from, uh, I felt like the Lord gave me some revelation on this verse that, that I've not heard preached before. Um, verse 10 of Malachi 3, bring you all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not. I love what God says now. He says, if I will not, I'm gonna open you the windows of heaven 
I'm going to pour out on you a blessing, not just a little blessing, but so much that there won't even be any room enough to receive it. And then it starts out with verse 11. He said, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And so this is not a one-sided thing here. God is promising in advance some things that he's going to do. But um, there are only two recorded instances in the New Testament of where Jesus is angry. And both of them deal with leadership abusing the principle of giving in the house of the Lord. There is no subject that has been more abused and misinterpreted in the house of God than it comes to money. And it's very interesting that all of these particular ministries that all of a sudden have a new revelation on the Bible that abortion's not wrong, homosexuality's not wrong, living together is not wrong, you know, all of a sudden. And, and the verses in the Bible are very clear on this, very black and white. And yet the only revelation or principle in the scriptures that every one of them won't mess with is giving. Somehow that's always in the Bible. I have yet to hear a seeker-friendly pastor take giving out of the Bible. You'll take holiness out. You'll take prayer out. You'll take righteousness out. But boy, when it comes to money, we ain't touching that one. Shame on you. So tithing, and we're going to deal on this first, but number one, tithing and giving is not an eternal principle. There's no money in heaven. So what God is dealing with here is a principle that is applicable to while we're on the earth. In heaven, there is no money because we won't have a light bill because Revelation says he is the light. We won't have any health insurance because the tree of life in Revelation says will heal the nations. There won't be any house payment because he said, I'm going away and I'm going to build you a house that where I am, ye may be also. There won't be any need for a heat bill because he is the son of righteousness. And we won't need any money for our car payment because we're going to have a glorified body and we can just zing around anywhere we want. We can materialize and be translated by the power of God. So God doesn't need money in eternity, but he needs money now. Actually, he doesn't need money. What he needs is your heart. And where a man's money is, where his heart is. And so you can't separate those two. And so in the scriptures, God puts in this principle of giving. You're going to find this about Jesus that he never requires you to do something that he hasn't already done. God won't ever require that. If he wants you to be a living sacrifice, it's because he was. If he wants you to pray, it's because he was a man of prayer. 
If he wants you to walk by faith, it's because he walked by faith. If he wants you to be holy, it's because he was holy. And so God always sets the principle. And in Isaiah 6.3, he calls Jesus the tenth. So God wanted many sons. But for him to have many sons, he had to tithe his seed. And Jesus was the seed of David. So God didn't kill Jesus. He planted Jesus. He tithed Jesus as the tithe of humanity. And when Jesus went into the ground, the Bible said that out of him came many brethren. Many sons. So now today around the world with all the millions of people that are believers, it's because it works off of the principle that God tithed Christ. I hear this a lot. I don't know how you can be a Christian and not tithe. And people say, well, tithing, I don't tithe because tithing's not in the New Testament. I beg to differ with you. Go back to Hebrews. See, everybody wants to use the law as a means of getting out of things. Because Jesus said, I fulfilled the law. But tithing didn't start with Moses and the Levites. It started with the seed of faith called Abraham. And Moses came out of the seed of Abraham. Of, uh, of not David, but out of the seed of Abraham. And the Bible said that he was the father of the faithful. And when faith met Christ, who came as a theophany called Melchizedek, who was likened to the Son of God, having neither ending of days or the beginning of days, neither having mother nor father, but he was Jesus Christ in a theophany. And when faith met God, the first thing that happens is it says that God blessed Abraham. And when God blessed Abraham, Abraham in return said, I've got to give something back. And he did. God didn't say, Abraham, I want a tenth. It came out of just love. And Abraham said, I've got to give back to him. And the Bible said he made a vow to God, I will give you back a tenth of everything. That's in the New Testament. Forget about the law. But the Bible says this, that he tithed unto Christ. And in the next few verses there in 6, it says this, that Christ has an unchangeable priesthood. That the Levites died, but Christ is still alive. And so the eternal priesthood of Melchizedek is still in force. So you and I who walk by faith still are under a prerequisite of the New Testament that you have to tithe. So you can't throw out tithing because you want to use the law. Tithing comes out of faith, not tithing comes out of unbelief. Because in essence, 
when you have money, you're in control. How many have ever lived without money? You ever sat at the table and tried to figure out how I'm going to pay this bill? And when you, when you live broke, the first thing it does is you're no longer in control. And you're dependent on the charity of other people. And so as human beings, we like to be in control. We don't want to have to depend on other people for our existence. Now, there is a place that you can get to where you have money and you still don't need control. Faith is about rest. It's about believing that God will come through for you. So let's go <clears throat> here to the book of Malachi, and I want to show you something that I felt like the Lord showed me. <clears throat> Malachi, the verse, verse 10, breathe ye all the tithe, which means tenth, and it's the same thing in Hebrews, into the storehouse that there may be meat <clears throat> in my house. And I just want to dwell on that for a little bit. The Lord says, bring all the tithe. That just simply means the first fruits. When you go back to the Old Testament, the Bible, the way God set it up was he said, Israel has to tithe to the Levites. Now, you have to remember, Levites weren't priests. They came from the tribe of Levite, and so did Aaron, but God consecrated Aaron, his sons, as priests. And the Levites were to help the priesthood enact the will of God. So God tells him, he says, Israel has to tithe to the Levites. And there were thousands of Levites. He said the Levites get to live off of what Israel's bringing to them. He said they don't have an inheritance. He said, I am their inheritance. But then it goes farther than that. Then he said, this is for all the sorry preachers that don't tithe. The Lord said this. He said, the Levites have to tithe to the priesthood. And he said, they will give a tenth of the very best that they have. And so God has, and then the Lord required Aaron and his sons to make a sacrifice unto the Lord. And so it, does, it starts at the bottom or it starts at the top, either way, but God sets it up. So the Lord says this. He says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. When you look this up, the word storehouse is referring to where God keeps his things. For us, it is this building or it's our gathering, all right? This is the storehouse right here. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And then he gives, this is the only place in the Bible that really gives a clear, concise explanation of why we tithe. He says, so there may be meat in my house. House here is translated different from storehouse. Storehouse is where we come together House is you. It means children or family of God. So tithing is not to pay the missionaries. It's not to pay the electric bill. 
It's not to pay the salary of the pastor or the staff. He said, I set up tithing so there may be meat in your life. And yet we use tithing so much as being abused because we always keep saying, well, you know, it's just, it's just for ministry. No, it's not. It's for you. It's not for me. Same thing for me as giving. It's not, it's not for you. It's God said, I've set up giving. So he said, there may be meat in your house. And the word meat means food. It means a fresh leaf. Remember Psalms? I think it's Psalms 1 that says, for he shall be like a tree planted, not buried, planted by rivers of water. And then it says this, what? His leaf shall not wither. But shall, when the heat comes, he shall be green. What the Lord is saying is, when you give by faith, and it's not easy to give, but when you give by faith, God says that when that drought comes, when that devastation comes, that your leaf will not wither. A withered leaf says it used to be life, but there's only death here now. God said not so for people who live by faith. It's not about your money. It's not about how much you give. It's about do you have enough faith to believe that if I write this to God, he will not devastate me. He will not desert me, but he will come through in the midnight hour. For my God is able to supply all of your need. The word devour here, he said, I will rebuke the devourer. This is what it means, to consume, to destroy. If God says, so there may be meat in my house. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 6.19, your body is the temple of the living God. 2 Corinthians 6.16, you are the temple of the living God. Hebrews 3.6 says, we are Christ's house. So what God is saying, the way that he has designed for you to be blessed and for there to be freshness in your house is he has instituted something called giving because when you give, you release your heart to the Lord and God gives back. Sometime back, my wife and I met a, a, a precious couple, and uh, they really made a sacrifice to be a part of this church ministry, and um, they didn't have a job when they came. They didn't have a house, and my wife and I were just praying about it, and we felt like we wanted to sow into their life, and so um, I don't do this very often unless I'm moved by the Spirit, and I told her, I said, well, let's write them a check for $5,000. <clears throat> and um, I told him, we'll meet him for lunch. And, and on the way to lunch, God said, no, write it for 10000 Oh, wow, that's a lot of money. 
And so we wrote him a check for $10,000. God then turns around, gives him a home, gives him jobs. And um, I got a check here that they came to me recently. And they said, when you gave us that check for $10,000, we laid hands on that. And we said, God, we are believing that you're going to bless us, that we can give double back to them for what they sowed into our life. I got a check for $20,000 to the building fund from that family. You tell me that God does not come through. Hallelujah. That's how God works. You cannot get sidetracked by the fact that you're broke right now. You never stop giving. I've never yet seen where a tenth for the average person is enough to meet your needs. And yet we eat our seeds so many times out of the spirit of unbelief. And so... Um, <clears throat> I don't think that Christians should have to work like sinners. I believe that God wants to bless you. We say this, we are the head and not the tail. You should not have to work 80 hours a week to make your needs. You should not have to work for some sorry boss that cusses you out and treats you like you are nothing and you're a tither. Say, so, well, how, why not? Because when you get saved, you become one of God's children. There is a curse on sinners. It goes all the way back to Adam. That where there should have been no thorns, no labor, no difficulty, the Lord said, because you stepped out in unbelief. And you ate what you should not have eaten. He said, you, I'm cursing the ground. And he said, uh, by the sweat of your brow will you, will you labor to bring forth. But when Jesus went to the cross and he was redeeming you and I from an old creation, they put a crown of thorns around his head to break, hallelujah, to fulfill the curse of the thorns on the ground. And you and I do not labor in soil that's cursed, hallelujah. When you plant your seed in God, God opens the windows of heaven and he pours out on you a blessing that there it's not room enough to receive. Say, so, well, pastor, you know, you got all kinds of hundreds of people in your church and thousands around the world, and you don't, you know, it's easy for you to preach that. I can preach this because I've lived it. You're looking at the end of the movie. The first 80% of the movie wasn't good. You ever watch movies where you think, my God, is this ever going to turn around? It's like for the first hour and 45 minutes, everything that can go wrong, and in the last 10 minutes, everybody gets what they deserve. And by the time you get done with that movie, you're just wore out. Welcome to my life. 
So, you know, faith is, it's gasoline that makes everything work. And I'm, you know, we went out to, some of this you've heard before, but I feel like I need to share it with you. Uh, we went out to California to preach and in San Francisco, and uh, I was preaching and uh, praying for people, and I had seven people dying of AIDS in that meeting, and none of them got healed. I came home so disillusioned, frustrated. I told God, I said, I'm not looking for people to stand to their feet and shout when I preach, and that's it. I said, I need power to heal these people. Lord I said, that takes faith. I said, I got faith. He said, will you give me 50% of everything that you make of your gross till I tell you to stop? I thought, that's half. <laughs> and we weren't doing real well then. So I thought, I can't make that commitment without my wife being on board. So I went and talked to her. I said, this is why I hear the Lord asking us. And she said, let's do it. I told her, I said, I, I'm so excited. I said, I believe in three months we're going to be out of debt. You know, I'm listening to all these other people have all these great stories. In 90 days, we were so far in debt, it was pitiful. We got people visiting us, and they turn our electricity off, and we're trying to make them act like a transformer blew up. So we put out candles, and the phone got shut off. And now we're in the fight of our life. Because if I went somewhere, and we weren't getting big honorariums. You know, if we went somewhere and got $700, we, we gave 350 to the Lord. Right off the bat. I mean, I wrote it first. I would sit at my kitchen table with the bills of that, you know, that high, electric bills and car payments and house payments and house insurance and school bill and, and you know, like five different credit cards because we're using credit cards. And, and my chest is hurting and I'm, and I can't, I'm trying to figure out which one do I pay to keep to survive. And uh, it just, you know, it didn't let up. And so now I'm dealing with this battle in my mind, does giving work? Because, you know, there were, there were times, you know, that, that we would write a check. We, we would have $2,000. We write a check for 1000 and, you know, we, couldn't, we could not make ends meet till we were, we would go to church with no money for gas and hope that God would come through so we could get home. And Charlie Shoemaker, who goes to our church here, his precious mother, more than once, not knowing, would come up and say, Brother Kent, I want to bless you. She slipped me a $100 bill. I felt like I'd hit and won the lottery. Now, we don't believe in the lottery, but... Well, it might be a billion-dollar lottery. I might have to buy one ticket. I don't know. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> no. I, <clears throat> and everybody's bought a lottery ticket. Raise your hand. <laughs> God, thank you for the Bowmans. <laughs> but it was difficult, you know. Over time... When you can't make ends meet, it starts wearing on you emotionally. It, 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 
it affects your prayer life. And this walk by faith, I'm going to tell you what, you can holler about faith all you want till you need it. Then it's a different story. And I, I, in one day, you know, I had been divorced. I was trying to pay child support. It wasn't a whole lot. It was $150 a month. I was struggling with that concept because I was feeling like they should have paid me child support. And um, I got a letter from the sheriff saying they were going to come arrest me because I was behind. I got a letter from the IRS saying that they were going to... Uh, put a lien on us because I owed him $1,300. I got a letter from Nations Bank that said we were three months behind in our house. And all of that was because we were given 50% because that's what God said to do. And that day in my basement when the Lord said to do it, I, find, I said, okay, we're going to do that. And I had been studying on Abraham and Isaac about faith, and I believed that God was going to do something great. And now we're getting ready to lose our home. Uh, we're coming back from Ohio preaching one night. And um, we're in an old Dodge conversion van when I finally got rid of it. I think it had a quarter of a million miles on it. And the windshield wiper motor went out and the heater core went out. And we're in the dead of winter. And me and her are on the road preaching in churches. And I got that much ice on the inside of our windows. And Jasmine is a baby. And it's freezing cold in that van. And the devil says, what kind of dad are you? You have put your family through this. We're wrapped up in blankets. But you have to believe. You have to believe. This didn't just happen. It's because many of you have believed. We would have to pull off under an overpass when it rained hard because we couldn't see because our wipers didn't work. And we were getting ready to lose the home. And we went to Ohio to preach. Last time I preached there for three days, I was in a presbytery. I got $350. And uh, <clears throat> so we went back up there to preach, me and my wife this time, and uh, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from them. I figured that's about what we get again. And <clears throat> we were three months behind our house. Payment was like $500 a month. And so on Sunday afternoon, on 12th story of the Holiday Inn, I put my Bible I took my Bible and I put it on the floor and I stood on it. I said, God, I'm standing on your word. You said you would rebuke the devourer and I'm in this mess because of you. And I need you to step up and fix this. And I said, I need $3,000 tonight. I only needed $1,500, but I knew I had to give half. <laughs> I was broke. I wasn't stupid. 
so, you know, they had a couple hundred people. I preached that night. I think we had preached three days. Pastor came to me. He was an older pastor. He said, Brother Ken, he said, I don't understand this. He said, this is the biggest offering we've ever taken up in 42 years. And he said, they didn't come from just one person. He handed me a check for 6500 and some change. I looked at that check and I started crying. Not because I had the money to catch up. Because when I talked to the Lord that day, I didn't hear him talk back. And when I looked at that check, I realized he had been listening. <laughs> he was listening. I, I told my wife, I said, you drive. Got out the checkbook, got out my stack of bills and you know, 12 o'clock at night, I'm writing up bills. We were so happy, and I thought, boy, it must be over. It wasn't. <laughs> Listen, God wants you to have abundance, but he doesn't want you to trust in your abundance. Remember the story of the rich ruler, the rich man? He said this, so you are so blessed you got so much. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns. What he should have done is kept the same barns and start giving some stuff away. The Lord spoke this to me. He said, son, when I fill up your cup, that's for you. When I overflow, it's for the people around you that are in need. Whenever you get greedy, whenever you get greedy, then you stop the flow of the Lord. The problem with the rich man was his trust for his future was in his money and not in his God. I'm thankful that I'm not broke, but that's not the source of my joy. Hallelujah. It is knowing that God will come through for me. And, you know, this principle, well, if, you know, they do it on TV all the time. You just... Right now, God's saying, so $777, and in 24 hours, you're going to have your house paid off, and you're going to be healed of cancer, and all your children are going to be saved. doesn't work like that. Now, there are times that God has to come through in the next few hours, or it's over, and he will. But God will put you through the test. We went through it for years. Say, so don't say that. Sorry, that's the way it works. But you reach a point to where you pass enough tests that God will look at you and say, A plus, no more tests, just blessing. Because he knows it doesn't matter how much he gives you, you will never make it your God or your strength. No wonder he said, my name is Jehovah Jireh. I want to be your provider. Your abundance, your blessing should never be your provision. It should be the inherent faith that you have in you. That nothing can rock me out of my world, but the hand of God is upon me. This is why I ain't worried about $13 million for a building. Not my problem. It's God's building. He's building. Let him pay the bill. We're just going to ride along. So, wasn't too long after that, uh, 
my wife became pregnant with, with Nicholas. And, um, you know, we're still traveling, and we get an invitation to go to California to, to preach. And so we got on a plane. We flew out there, and we're still giving 50%. So we, we pack up. We get on a plane. They pay for our ticket. We get out there. I think we have like $150. That's all I got. To, to make this transcontinental trip. So he had told me, he said, he said um, when you get out here, you know, come a little bit early, I'm going to hook you up with a guy to preach in another town. It's, you know, it's not that far away, and we'll take you up there. And so we get there, and he said, I'm sorry, some things have come up. He said, um, I can't take you, so you have to take church van. Fifteen-passenger van with no shocks. And it gets like literally eight miles to the gallon. Well, I got 150 bucks, and our credit cards aren't working anymore. And so instead of it being like 150 miles, it was 444 miles. <clears throat> and so we're driving, and my wife is six months pregnant, and that thing is bumping, and we got little five-year-old Jasmine with us. And... Um, we're not in a great frame of mind. I mean, our faith has been stretched. And, <clears throat> you know, God takes the pain out of memories, but he never takes the memories away. And I remember I looked at my wife, <clears throat> and we, we got to this town, and Jasmine got real, real sick. And we had to take her to the emergency room. Uh, we had, uh, we had paid cash. I think we wanted, I don't know, with like $50 left. And um, all we could afford was a, a Motel 6. And you could see through the towels. <clears throat> and uh, I told her, I said, I feel like if we died, if we wrecked this man and died, we wouldn't make any more impact than just a little stone making a ripple in the water. That's how the enemy will mess with you. What I didn't know was that we had to go through that to get here. Never lose your faith. Don't think in terms of how much money you give. God looks at the heart. So I said, the widow woman gave more than anybody else together. They gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her need. God wants to know, would you be willing to give everything that you have to me if I asked you? We have to say yes. Because he will not let you down. It will look like that at times, but he will never let the enemy destroy you. And we got back to, to California, and my wife started hurting, and she went into labor at six months with Nicholas. And <clears throat> a man rushed us to the hospital, and the doctor came in, and he said, this baby's coming. It's only 27 weeks. He's not going to live. 
And if he does live, he will be mentally challenged. He will be very small. He has a hole in his heart. He has two hernias. He won't be able to breathe on his own. He can't swallow on his own. He can't generate body heat. And it would be better if he doesn't live. And I stood in the hallway away from my wife. And I told the Lord, I said, I need you to do something. And God spoke to me. He said, because that day when I asked you for 50%, you told me you would give me your Isaac. He said, today I'm giving you your son. He's going to live. What you saw today was because of faith. I am totally convinced the only reason Nicholas is alive today is because me and my wife were willing, hallelujah, to step out by faith. And we're standing there, and this lady comes to me, and she says, um, I need to know who your health insurance carrier is. I'm thinking, well, that's a joke. <laughs> Can't even pay our house payment. How are we going to pay health insurance? I said, I'm sorry, I don't have any health insurance. And she was very upset, and I understand that. She said, well, your son has to stay in the hospital if he lives to his due date, which is three months from now, and we project his bill to be three-quarters of a million dollars. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm 39, getting ready to turn 40. My wife was, she was like 19, right? No. <laughs> And so um, they did cesarean. I stood there and watched them pull Nicholas out. He was all covered with this, I guess the second trimester, they, they have a, a hair covering all over him. He didn't look human. And I'm looking to make sure he has all of his fingers and all of his appendages. And, and uh, they immediately rushed him to, it turns out, the second best uh, premature hospital, prenatal hospital in the United States was 20 minutes from where Nicholas was born. They rest him there and they've got him hooked up to every tube you can think of in an isolate. And uh, <clears throat> we finally got to see him and I would put my hand on him. I would say in the name of Jesus, you shall live and not die that you are my Isaac, hallelujah, and that God will come through. And they would pull him out of, of that little uh, bed that was all warm, and, and they called it kangaroo holding, and they would hold my wife's gown open, they would stick him inside of her chest to chest, and, and she would hold him. They said it helps him regulate his heart to you. And I would stand there, and she would sing, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Morning by morning, your mercies I see. And she would sing that with all those tubes hooked up to him. And they would tell us something's wrong, and we would pray, and God would heal him. He came out of that hospital on Christmas Day, 
without an operation, without drugs, eyesight fine. Mentally, I'm not sure where he's at right now, but no, very intelligent young man. Um, so I'm sitting there and I have this humongous medical bill and the Lord spoke to me and said, you don't have to give 50% anymore. You can go back to giving 20. And the reason we give 20 is we give, and we still do this today, we give 10% tithe. And the reason I give 10% offering is the Lord said, tithing opens the windows of heaven, but offerings determine the amount of blessing. Tithe is God to start with. You're not giving God something that's yours. You're giving something that belongs to God to start with. If you give offerings, then you're giving God above and beyond something that belongs to you. And so I flew, I went to a, a place there in California to apply for some help. And they said, no, we can't help you because you're not a resident of California. So I flew back to Nashville and it's just amazing how God works because my wife started the bridge ministry underneath that big bridge downtown, the Jefferson Street Bridge. And it's not there now. The tornado got it. But there was this huge human services building. And um, they said there was an office in there that I could apply for help. And so I went down there and I stood in line with cross-dressers, drug addicts, I mean, and I'm standing in line with all these people and homeless people, and I just said, Lord, I don't feel, I just don't feel valuable. It's humiliating what I'm having to do. God will put you in places that you don't think he will, but he will bring you out of it if you trust him. And after two hours, a lady came and got me, and she said, what can I do for you? And I said, well, I want to apply for some help with my son. And she said, well, how much money do you make? And I said, well, I made $26,000 this year. And she said, well, I can't help you because you made too much money. And I'm thinking, what pay scale are you working with? <laughs> I said, well, thank you for for seeing me and I got up to walk out she said well hold on a second she said but I could help you with your son I said well that's why I came in so she said well hold on a minute she fiddled on the computer for about three four minutes she said okay it's done I said what's done she said we just paid your son's medical bill in full they reduced it to a quarter of a million dollars and they paid that thing in full and I went back well, first of all, I went outside, sat my man, started crying because I was so overwhelmed at what God had done. And I went back and I figured up in a year and a half, we gave $25,000 to the Lord. And God did it 10 times over and gave back 250000 and paid his bill off 
And for people who didn't think they mattered, we had $20,000 from around the United States come in to us over the next three months because we couldn't travel and do anything. And when we realized what God was doing, hallelujah. And so we, we moved to, to this other house. We lived there for 28 years. It got really tight. And we're still giving. And a businessman asked my wife and I, they said, in fact, we're, we got another notice. We were getting ready to have our house foreclosed on because we were 90 days behind. And a man asked us to go to lunch with him. And so my wife and I went to lunch with him. And uh, on, he said, you got time to stop by my office on the way back? And I said, sure. Not like we had a whole lot to do. And um, so we went into his office and he put us in a conference room and sat down. Pretty soon his secretary came in and gave him an envelope and he handed it to me. He didn't know anything about us. Uh, let me say this. We never, ever told anybody how bad off we were. When people said, how you doing? We said, we're blessed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're blessed. We're blessed because when you start through pity, manipulating people, it's witchcraft. And the moment that you do that, you cease from God being your provider to you're looking to men through manipulation to meet your needs. He handed me an envelope. He said, this is to pay off your house. And he gave me a check for $125,000. I went in the next week to the same bank that was getting ready to take our house and said, I want to pay it off. Can I tell you that giving pays off? It doesn't matter. Listen, God is going to give us the, the money to pay off the church. I believe that when we go into November, it's paid for. It's not about God needs somebody to do it. It's about this is soil that gives you an opportunity to see a return in your own life. When you give, hallelujah, God then is obligated to you. I, I don't have any retirement because my wife would talk to me. She said, what are we going to do? She was terrified. She said, what are we going to do? We're getting older. You know, in, in a year and two months, I'll be 70. I don't ever plan on retiring. But she said, what are we going to do for retirement? I said, we have retirement. She said, well, where is it? I said, it's in tithing. So we have tithed all of our life above and beyond. There is no way that we are going to live on the streets broke, having to beg or live in some halfway house because God will come through. Can I tell you, God has exceeded abundantly above and beyond anything I could have ever dreamed for what we have, where we live, the hand of God that is upon us, but it comes because because we took a chance on the Lord. Is there anybody in this house that believes that your God will never, never forsake you?
I might go a little bit longer today. Matthew 6:19 says, "Lay not up treasures on the earth where moth and rust does corrupt." The word lay means deposit in the Greek. Treasure means wealth. And what God is saying, <clears throat> don't deposit wealth for yourself where natural devourers can get it, but deposit for yourself treasures in heaven. Now, there are, everybody has a different gift. There is extreme wealth that's getting ready to be released to the house of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to give you some verses very quickly. Proverbs 13, 22 says, The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Ecclesiastes 2, 26, God giveth to the sinner travail together and to heap up that he may give to him who is good before God. Job 27, verse 16, though he heaps up silver as dust and prepares raiment as clay, he may prepare it, but the just shall put it on and the innocent shall divide the silver. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me very quickly to Jeremiah chapter 17. You're going to like this verse. <clears throat> Jeremiah 17. Verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departs from the Lord. This is what happens when you don't trust God, your heart leaves the Lord. This is where he'll be like. He'll be like a hearth in the desert, which hearth literally means he's being stripped in the desert. He shall not see when good cometh, but he shall live in parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land and not inhabited. Verse 7, blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted, not buried, planted by rivers or water that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat comes or the drought, but his leaves shall be green, and there shall be no rationing, shall not be careful in the year of drought. And when everybody else is in trouble, neither shall he cease from yielding fruits. That for the believer, hallelujah, when all hell's going to break loose in this nation in economics, God is saying that is a transfer of wealth from the unbeliever to the tither. Hold on, hold on. On, hold on, just like Nicholas prophesied, uh, there is a change of a system taking place. God makes some people stewards of a lot of money because they don't put their hands on it. He has to have channels. Some people are a channel of music. Some people are a channel of preaching. Some people are a channel of the prophetic. Some people are a channel that God uses to minister to children. And some people are a channel that manages wealth. It takes a very spiritual person to manage wealth. 
because the Lord said it's very difficult for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God because they learn to lean on their wealth instead of God as their provider. What God wants to do in your life is bring you to a place that when you have abundance, it doesn't separate you from the Lord. This is, I, this is my personal opinion. I don't think churches should ever have to lean on banking systems to finance the kingdom of God. Now, there are seasons where God will open up doors. But by and large, I believe that the church has to go to the world system to finance the kingdom of God because Christians deposit their money in the wrong places. We're putting it in banks. And you, many of you have heard me over the years say this. There's coming a, I, I remember in the 80s, early 90s, when the stock market crashed, the Lord had me prophesy, telling people, get your money out of the stock market. Say, well, we're investing in, you know, gold star companies and blue chip companies. Any company that does not believe in God, that backs up abortion, backs up homosexuality, that backs up anything that stands against Christianity, has a curse on it. When you invest your money in companies that exclude God, you are planting in bad soil. So it doesn't make any sense. But if you got extra money, plant it in the kingdom of the Lord. Do it in missions. Do it in places. Listen, right now we are good soil. And when you plant in Regeneration Nashville, I'm telling you, you're not just going to get a little back. You're going to get pressed down, shaken together, heaped up, running over, because you cannot outgive God. If you got a million, give it. And God will give you back to me. You say, well, that's easy to say. I'm just telling you, you cannot outgive God. And this is an opportunity for you, for God to open the windows of heaven over you. Give him your seed and he will give you your harvest. God will. He sustains even in the lean times. When we went to buy our home, the one that we moved from not too long ago, I told my wife, I said, there is no way that we're going to get a loan because we were so far behind. I almost said this, we did pay every bill. We paid late, but we paid every bill. I said, our credit has to be so bad. So we sat down with the banker, you know, and he got our address, social security number and that stuff, and he ran our credit history, and he comes back. Well, he said, well, that's great. That's A1. No marks. I look at my wife and said, I believe the Holy Ghost just got in his computer. <clears throat> he got hacked by the Holy Ghost. God is going to pay for this building. That is a no-brainer. This is a divine opportunity for you watching me around the world. If you need God to bless you, invest in this house.
from the platform to the staff to this body, we are godly people. And we are going to build the kingdom of the Lord. Where your treasure is. I don't want to stand before God knowing there were needs around me and me having an overflow and the Lord say, why didn't you release it? Listen, you give, it just comes back more and more and more. He will come through for you. Every time I watch Nick, I think, I'm so glad that we did what we did, that God came through. Hallelujah. The average church has about 10% that tithes. Our church is around the 95 percentile. This is a giving church. Hallelujah. And the average tithe, and I, I'm trying to remember the statistics that Mike gave me, but it's, it's very low. I think it's less than $100 per person. Ours is over 1300 This is a strange group of people. <laughs> because, listen, what you're sitting in is, is faith. Hallelujah. And money is not, it's when you give to God, even though God uses money as a barometer of your faith, when you invest in the kingdom, it may not come back in money. God might heal you if you have cancer. You might get a call that your child just gave his heart to the Lord. Hallelujah. God might do something else phenomenal in the spirit of the Lord. He might heal a rift in a family. But can I tell you, you cannot outgive God. So today, there is an anointing in this house. We're not taking up an offering today. We're not, that's not what I'm at. I'm simply just simply telling you that this is an opportunity in the spirit for God to open the windows of heaven over your life. And I break the devourer off of every one of you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. you got a pastor that's walked where you've walked, suffered where you've suffered. And if I can come out victorious, you can come out victorious. But you got to pay the price. Hallelujah. you got to tell God, God, it will come through for me. Tithing is about your house. And then God secondarily blesses his house. It's about you being blessed. I, I'm personally, every day I'm praying, God, give me the spirit of Caleb. Preserve my youth. Hallelujah. I don't have to come up on this platform with a cane because I can't hardly walk. Or we're having to take all kinds of shots for stuff. But I lose health in this house in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hear a challenge in the spirit of the Lord to each and every one of us. I hear God saying, come up higher, come up higher. I wonder if you would stand with me and raise your hands to the Lord. We are addressing today Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Now over every tither in this building, 
Hallelujah. I rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name by faith. For every tither that lives in an apartment, I declare in the name of the Lord that this year God gives you your own home paid for in Jesus' name. For every one of you that need a new vehicle, I declare in the name of the Lord, if you're a tither, that God's going to come through and give you a new vehicle. For every business owner in this building, hallelujah, that has invested in the kingdom of the Lord, I ask God to give you the business of the sinner that owns the same kind of business in this town. That God would uncover you, that he would become your advertisement. Now in the name of the Lord, hallelujah, God around the world, all of our online members we begin to loose the blessing of God now may faith begin to be released in this house in the name of the Lord God I break this miser mentality in the name of the Lord my God I feel in the Holy Ghost there is a spirit of miser that if I could just get by I break that in the name of Jesus this poverty mentality just barely getting by in the name of the Lord we break it in the name of Jesus. May God so bless you. May the blessings of God chase you and overtake you in the name of the Lord. Let God, let God, let God begin to come through for you. Those of you on fixed incomes, I open the windows of heaven by faith and God begin to give you inheritances, blessings, hallelujah, that you never saw coming in the name of the Lord. May God so fill up your cup that it begins to overflow and you have to call your neighbors and say, come get a part of what the Lord is doing. got to believe hallelujah you got to believe we're not a normal church hallelujah we don't have time to go through some kind of stewardship program I'm just simply telling you that this is anointed soil it's anointed ground and God saying jump in with both feet and watch what I will do if God said it he will do it in the name of Jesus very quickly let's fill this front up come on there's a release today of the spirit of the lord how many of you understand that god is saying tithing is not primarily for the church it's for you it's for you so there will be blessing in your house in your house listen if your house is blessed then the house of God is blessed if your house isn't blessed then there's nothing to give to God's house God is saying take a chance don't let the spirit of unbelief get on you that says I can't afford it I had somebody tell me recently, we don't tithe on our income. We tithe on what we want to make. I thought, wow, that is so powerful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I told you I was going to stretch you. Saints of God, we are stepping over. Hallelujah. We are stepping over into another dimension, another realm, another, another possibility in God. 
and God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Now I want you to raise your hands. Now, Lord, I ask you to open the windows of heaven over this house in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I'm asking you to rebuke the devourer, rebuke the devourer, rebuke the devourer off of every tither in this house in the name of Jesus. If you're not a tither, I can't pray that on you. We used to have this people pray every often to say, Lord, bless those that can give and those that can't give. I never prayed that. You can't give. That's why you can't give. Plant the seed. Whatever that is, you give it. When we got ready to, we were losing our home. We had $1,500, which would make three house payments. And I sat down with her and I said, we got enough money to pay the bank to catch up on our house or we can keep our commitment and give it to God. She said, let's give it to the Lord. And that day we told the Lord, you can have our house. And we gave it to the Lord. We never lost anything. I can't tell you how bad it looked. We never lost anything. There is a hand of God on the purpose of regeneration Nashville. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, you haven't even begun to see what God's getting ready to do. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I see angels standing at windows and the Lord saying, dump it out, dump it out, dump it out. In the name of Jesus, dump it out, hallelujah, hallelujah, dump it out. Now may God give you exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think, hallelujah, according to the power that worketh in you. Go ahead and lead us in a song. Watch she's singing my prayer partners. If you can find your way up, stand in front here. Hallelujah, all my prayer partners. Find your way up to the front.
feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And I'm going to tell you something else I feel. I'm going to beyond feel. I know there's somebody in this room that needs to give their heart to Jesus today. There's somebody that needs to start today living for the Lord. Maybe you've already you've received Jesus as a child. Maybe you've gotten away from him. But I know that you're here. I feel it. I sense it. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I know you're here. So I just want every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around just for a moment. And I just want to ask you right where you are. I'm not going to shine a spotlight on you. I'm not going to make you come down front. I just want to ask you where you are. If you need Jesus, slip up your hand and slip it back down and say, Pastor Candy, that's me. I'm ready to give my heart to the Lord. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. Just slip your hand up. I saw you, ma'am. I saw you. Anybody else, just slip your hand up. Slip it right back down. Let me know that you're here. Anybody in this room? Anybody else? Jesus, yes, I see. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just slip it up and slip it back down. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is moving in this place. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. God wants to bless you, but this is the first step, giving your heart to Jesus Christ. Anybody else? Come on. I, I, just, I just feel the linger one more minute. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you so much that he stretched out his hands and he died for you. I want us to pray together as a church family from front to back and side to side. Everybody under the sound of my voice, I want us to pray this prayer together, okay? Let's pray now. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner, but I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on a cross and then he rose from the dead. So Lord, I put my faith in you. Would you wash me with the blood of Jesus? Would you come into my heart? Would you be Lord of my life? I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Why don't you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. We have, we have a prayer team here. If you gave your heart to the Lord, I want you to find the prayer team. Where is this? Right here. Their hands are raised. They have a gift. They want to give you a Bible. They want to talk to you about what has just happened to you. Because guess what? Now you've become a new creation. You might look in the mirror and say, this is the same old me. But guess what? Jesus looks at you and you're a new creation in Christ. So it's a wonderful day for you. So find these prayer partners here. They're on the prayer team. They want to help you make your way over here to our salvation team. Now I just want to pray on you. I just want to bless you, send you out blessed, okay? So Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray for the greatest people on the planet that are under the sound of my voice in this room and online. And Father, I pray, God, not for addition, but for multiplication in their lives. Oh, God, press down, shaking together, running over. Lord, bless them. Open the heavens over their life. God, we take authority over the devour that's come against their finances, that's come against their lives, their children, their home, their job, their workplace. And we say this, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. We lose peace 
and prosperity upon you. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Why don't you find two or three people telling you glad to see them in the house of the Lord? Hey, hey, can y'all play my song? I'm addicted to that song. I love you, I love you, love you. Sing it with me. I love you, I love you, I love you with all of my heart. Sing it, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Tell somebody. tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.